Welcome to another episode of the Awareness Advantage Podcast, where leaders who are good at getting stuff done become great leaders to influence and inspire people. I'm your U.S. co-host and best-selling author, Kevin McCarthy, joined by my good friend, Canadian business partner, and best-selling author, Licky Labji. If you have not yet done so, click subscribe so you never miss an episode. And now, the Awareness Advantage Podcast. Well, hey, welcome. If everybody, uh, anybody who is new here today, welcome and uh, we're glad to have you. My name is Kevin McCarthy. This is my business partner, Licky Labji. I'm in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. He, Licky is in Vancouver, British Columbia. Uh, that's where you're at right now because sometimes you're also in Kelowna. I'm in right? Vancouver. Well, right. I am in Vancouver. Fantastic. Licky is the foremost expert on blind spots in Canada. I have been told I'm the foremost expert in blind spots in the U.S. Between the two of us, we have a lot of blind spots. That's what we figured out. So we're here to talk about what? Kevin, Kevin, you got more than I do. Well, I okay, I'll I'll own that. That's fine. You're a competitor, so I'll let you win this time. That sounds great. Yeah. Wait a minute. Is that winning if I admit to owning having more blind spots? (laughs) Hey, we're here to talk about what you want to talk about. We always have some ideas that we'll uh, we'll generate or you know kick out there, but uh, it's really more about how can we help you get a breakthrough in your relationships at work or at home. What are you thinking, Licky? You know, something called, well, hang on. Maybe it's called an imposter syndrome. Uh, we know what that is? Imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is? Yeah. Hands up. So, see, there are some people don't know what an imposter syndrome is. Any imposters here? Just just checking. So, Kevin, how do you see imposter syndrome? How would you describe an imposter syndrome? Oh, gosh. Never been asked to define the imposter syndrome. It's, um, I'd say it's the feeling of being caught or being uh, discovered as a fraud, the feeling of being discovered as somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about. Who else has that problem going into work saying that they know exactly what they're doing and they don't feel like they're a phony or a fake up there? Nobody. See, they're all imposters here. Ah, there you go. Cindy's waking up. Perfect. Thanks, Cindy. Talk to us a little bit about that. I was going to say, every single day I'm in a brand new job. I've only been here about three weeks, so I'm learning all their new processes. And um, it's all purchasing still. And there's really, it's really amazing to me how uniform the problems with purchasing are across the board. But it's, it's all still new, you know, so I just have to kind of sit back and learn what they do here before I can really address some of the issues. So. Um, but yeah, no, I feel uncertain every single day I walk in and every single day, I'm not quite sure what my day is going to look like. So, yeah. So you, you're, you're challenged with that every day and you're, you're working through it. What shows up for you when you're dealing with a new, when you're dealing with a colleague, um, when you're dealing with an executive or your direct reports, when you right now, it was interesting today, um, was, um, and I, and I introduced them to the blind spot, um, a quiz a couple weeks ago. So as a way to get to know each other quicker. Um, but, and they really loved it by the way, but um, it's trusting each other, you know, and knowing what we can count on each other for is really what I'm experiencing the most right now. And them understanding who I am and how I do things and how I'm going to manage the department. I'm not a micromanager. I'm not a hands-on. Um, we are kind of all have our responsibilities and all of our responsibilities are different. So I really made it clear that I'm counting on them to do their job <laughs> and to let me know when they get stuck or need new resources. So it's really trusting each other to know that we're each doing what we need to do. Love it. You know, Kevin, um, I know when I get up on doing, doing keynote, 
there's this little bit of fear that comes up for me is like, why am I speaking in front of these people? Like, what, why am I the expert? Just because I have a book written, does that mean I'm the expert in this, in this topic? So that fear comes in every single time I get up to speak. And I have to check in. I need to check and say, no, I am the expert right now because this is what I know. Because if my imposter syndrome kicked in, it would show. But there's also that part of having to be perfect at every single thing that I do because I don't want to show up as phony and fake. So there's that extra pressure that I put on myself when I get out there and do a keynote. When you're showing up to work, is there the perfectionism that you're dealing with, the OCD that kicks in, the person that has to prove that they are worthy of that job or making sure that they're proving that they're actually in the right job or even in, the, in a family environment? Are you the ideal partner? And these are things that are affecting a lot of us when we go on through our day. And are we checking ourselves in on that? When any of us are having to get up and speak about something, um, deliver a project, are we supposed to feel we know it all? Does the fear kick in? Yeah, because especially if there's a Q&A session. Yeah. There's one thing when you're doing a presentation, you understand that the minute there's a Q&A section, you're going to do exactly what I just did. Kind of go off on a little tangent, your brain's kind of doing this little thing, and you just look like kind of an idiot. Um, nobody wants to look like an idiot. Nobody wants to look foolish. And it is your reputation. So you want to protect that. Yeah. So let's, uh, I'm going to ask, I'm going to hands up here. Who likes public speaking? Yeah. And the ones that don't, why not? Shelly, and the ones that don't, why don't you like public speaking? It is the number one fear. Tracy, let's pick on Tracy. I know. I was going to, I wasn't, I didn't want to do that, Kevin. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Because you, you do public speaking sometimes, <laughs> especially in your board position, right? So what, but what is the, uh, what's the reservation about it? You know, even though I've, done it multiple times over my career in front of our governing board or um, part of our association. Every time you, no matter what, you always feel like this is the first time you're speaking before anybody. And it's always like you have all this consternation and butterflies. But then when you get there, you're like, oh, okay, this just flows. You know, it, it works. It's, I think it's just the anticipation of what wrong words am I going to say? You know? <laughs> so in other words, am I good enough to, to speak on this product or this, uh, subject? Right. Yeah. Are you good enough to speak on the subject? If you are in leadership at any level from frontline manager to chief executive, Licky and I would like to invite you to join the conversations in our live virtual studio audience every Thursday or any Thursday that you are available from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific time. For more information, please visit us at blindspots.vip forward slash audience. That's blindspots.vip forward slash audience. Now, back to the program. I, I believe I am. I think yes, it's, she uh, is. It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We are. 
But yet we, we go through this conversation in our minds. Am I good enough? Does this land? Is this going to work? Is this not going to work to people? And then we create the story and then we get up there and sometimes freeze. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we just deliver it. And it's incredible. Like Kevin, you, you told me the other day that, you know, you, you, you didn't think your presentation was great, but you got an email the next morning saying it was great. We judge right. ourselves so much because we yeah. don't think we're good enough. Who yep. doesn't feel that they're good enough? At, at points, right? <laughs> Who doesn't? Who doesn't ever feel that? Okay. The, the people then put their hands up. Really? You guys are incredible. I love that. You, you know, a client in 2016, I think it was, a client said something to me that was so profound. Uh, they were hiring me to come in and, uh, and speak to their group of financial experts to provide them an ethics presentation. Yeah. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. I'm not qualified to speak on ethics. I just spent three and a half, three years in a federal prison. It's like, why would you want me to speak about ethics? Right. She said, oh, it's, you have a very unique perspective on ethics. And, and I realized at that point that that is why everybody is so incredibly valuable no matter where you're at in life, because you have a unique perspective about life that nobody else has. Nobody has seen life through your framework, through your eyes, through your perspective. Right. Um, and so, you know, that imposter syndrome wants to, wants to compare us to somebody we're not and wants to compare us to those who we esteem as being greater or having more knowledge or having more expertise. But reality is, is that, you know, we're, we all have a very unique perspective and that we bring that perspective to the table whenever we are in the presence of other people, uh, whether it's one and one or whether it's one to many, um, isn't even the point. So I think that's part of the key here is like remembering we have a unique perspective. We've experienced life in a way nobody else has ever experienced because they can experience it through our own vantage point. Yeah. And what I got out of that is you are good enough. You are an expert in that matter at that point because you bring a different look, feel, perspective to it. Mm -hmm. Kevin, on this, uh, I mean, you, you and I haven't talked about this at all, but I wonder if there's a correlation between blind spots and imposter syndrome. And I'm just, I'm, let's just do a, I'm going to do a, just a question to you. So, motivators, connectors, energizers who are really good storytellers, I wonder if there's an imposter syndrome that they can really hide really easily. Uh, I, I would take a stab to say that. I think the imposter syndrome is universal. I don't think that it's uh, tied to any particular personality, behavioral style. Yeah. But how, over, the overcoming it, I guess, what I'm trying to say, I think everybody has imposter syndrome. Uh, we all do in d different aspects of our lives. But overcoming it or burying it, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, is when we're dealing with it. And I'm just saying this because I know I'm on the top right quadrant. If somebody's on the analyzer stabilizer how many analyzer stabilizers do we have here couple how do you manage your imposter syndrome over preparation 
over preparation. Yeah. Yeah. So the perfectionist, making sure that you know exactly what you're talking about, like right yeah. on point. Have all the backup, have, you know, kind of think through all the different ways that it might, uh, you know, might go so that, you know, hopefully I'm not left, you know, left in a position where I'm unsure or seem like I'm unsure. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Kevin, maybe you and I need to learn from these uh, analyzing stabilizers. <laughs> well, Ricky, I can share. And do the same thing. Yeah, for sure. So for me, I think when there's a couple of things probably that I manage depending on what I'm doing. So if I'm working in a situation where I have to make rapid decisions, I try to let go of the facts and just trust my instinct. Not something I had to train myself to do. So that means that I sort of had to just be present in the moment and feel the room, see what was going on, and then just trust that I knew what knew what I knew and just try to make my decisions based on that. That's when I was that's when I have to make rapid on the fly decisions. So I think just being open and trusting my instinct. When I have to do a presentation or talk, I think the biggest thing that's helped me is rather than thinking that the focus is on me, I always just remind myself that everyone's mostly thinking of themselves. So we always think we're in the spotlight, but really they're looking at themselves, thinking of themselves. So when I shift that attention off of me, that helps. And then the second part of that would be to just remind myself that, remind myself that they're all colleagues, that they're all people, no one's better than the other, so that I'm really just talking to colleagues or friends and I do it with the sense of sharing information and providing service. So that's, for me, that's forefront in my head when I do a presentation. Mm. So what I hear there is that you dig deep and go after your values. You're standing for your values and then you put aside what you're feeling because you need to deliver what you need to deliver. And so you're checking in. I like that. I like that. Yeah. A principle you brought up to Ashif, uh, which applies outside of just speaking uh, to groups, is that frankly, most people are thinking about themselves most of the time. <laughs> you know, we, we want to think that as we're walking down the street or as we're walking through the mall or as we're, you know, even hanging out with family and friends that most people are thinking about you truth is that they're just, they're all wrapped up in thinking about themselves. And so very, very seldom are people actually judging us when we think they're judging us. They do sometimes, but not as much as we think they do. So Kevin, as you say, the, the judging part, um, I, I, I'll ask a question here is that how many of us actually accept compliments really easily? and receive them well. Yeah. None of us. That's, I'm not surprised. So Kevin, when you received that email that you did a great job on that presentation, did you take that in and really soak it in? Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah the, the day before you felt it was okay. If you soak that in, the next time you're up there, can you refer back to that compliment and say, I actually did a good job and I was engaged and it was, I delivered exactly what I needed to deliver. Can you look at that? 
remind yourself of that and then put that feeling of yours, the imposter syndrome away. Would that make sense? Yeah, no, I did. I did exactly that. So I had a two hour workshop on Tuesday night and about halfway through, I think you texted me if I'm not mistaken, because uh, yep. our time change difference, I think. And, uh, and I texted you right back while I'm presenting, uh, mind you, and, uh, and said, this is dry and boring and, uh, you know, feeling like it's horrible. Right. And I was halfway through the presentation and, um, but I did reflect cause I, uh, I know I've felt that way before. And I know that my clients have always been super pleased. And so I know that how I'm feeling has very little to do with what's really going on in the moment and in the presentation and then the, you know, the learning environment. And so, um, so I drew, I drew from past, not the compliment that came in yesterday morning, but I drew from past compliments as well to realize, you know what, it's just, it's my perspective right now. And I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and, uh, trust that everybody's learning what they need to learn. Yeah. I love that. Kevin, you know, what's coming up for me right now. Tracy's here and sort of some of the, the group and we're speaking in front of them in a couple of weeks. Now they're probably wondering, are these guys going to be freezing when we're up there? Are they going to deliver the goods properly? <laughs> I can't my glasses. Oh, oh. <laughs> you have your doubts now? You want, you want to back out of the contract? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Evan, I think this backfired. This conversation backfired on. Oh, so. yeah. I mean, this is just right. so boring right now. And it just, just uh, uh, opening up the dirty laundry. Oh, my gosh. No more sage on the stage. Um, let's go back to that. So, thanks for. Kevin, I'm putting you in the spot today. We haven't talked about this at all, but I appreciate you talking about the compliments and, and going back to you, I think. But what about our achievements? Do you keep track or do you look at your own achievements and say, you know what? I did well. Or do you downplay them? I downplay my achievements all the time. I don't. And go back and forth. Do you? When the imposter syndrome is setting in. Yeah. I question all of my achievements and then I have to get re and get real and just say, you know what, wait a minute, I've done some pretty, pretty cool things and some pretty amazing things. And, uh, I can't compare myself to, you know, um, what's his name? Mark, uh, the, the billionaire basketball owner, Cuban, Mark Cuban. Like I can't, I can't compare myself to Mark Cuban or Damon, you know, and some of these other really successful people. Because that's not me, but in my own world, I've been successful. I've had plenty of failures, by the way, but yeah. so yeah, so I go back and forth and that's the imposter syndrome kicking in. It's like, well, who are you? You know, yeah, sure. You owned a company. You sold it during the dot-com craziness. You became a paper millionaire, but what the heck's that paper millionaire? Boop, boop. That's a big deal. It's like, you didn't become a billionaire. What a loser. <laughs> if you are in leadership at any level. From frontline manager to chief executive, Licky and I would like to invite you to join the conversations in our live virtual studio audience every Thursday or any Thursday that you are available from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific time. For more information, please visit us at blindspots.vip forward slash audience. That's blindspots.vip forward slash audience. Now back to the program. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually know someone who, um, at the age of 34 was running a $6 billion company during the dot-com thing. And then it's like fell apart, but 
at that time, he was all, it's like he was relaxed as he was all overconfident and this and that and the other thing. And he lost it all, ended up on the streets of drug addict. And now he's back again. And he's definitely got the imposter syndrome now and all that self-doubt, all that. He's not so full of himself. Yeah. Uh, but he said, you know, when he was running that company, people were wanting him to fail. Because, you know, they, people were happy when everything went good. But I will tell you, I know one of the, this woman, she wrote a book about exactly what we're talking about, the um, imposter syndrome. And she is one of the 100 most influential women in Canada. And when she was there getting her award, she was sitting beside Margaret Atwood. And all around all these other women. And the only thing that she could think of was, when are they going to wake up and figure out that they've made a mistake? Because I'm not supposed to be here. Yeah. She still has that a bit. I mean, she's won it five times. She still has that. Uh, she, you know, she sits on the board of the Canadian Mint, of the biggest government board in Canada. She sits on that board. She's a very influential and important person. But if you ask her, she would tell you that she thinks someday someone's going to wake up and just say, well, what, what are you doing here? doesn't matter where you are, whether you're really top executive or if you're just, you know, somebody that clocks in from nine to five, you can have this imposter syndrome. And I think it has more to do with how we perceive the type of person that would be in that position. And then when we get to that position, we don't feel like we should be there because we feel like somebody like really impressive should be in that position right and i'm just a regular person because we don't look at everyone as a regular person i mean when you look at the queen of queen of england and she's just a person i mean i wouldn't want that job to go life of me but if you all of a sudden became the queen of england tomorrow how would that make like your perception of what that person is supposed to be and the actual reality of it are two things i think it's where our imposter syndrome comes in it's not that we don't know it it's that we think we admire the people that are in that position and then when we get them, like oh i don't belong here this is where all the, this is where all the different things are right and exactly shana I, I appreciate that I, I like what you're saying there you know um i like the example of the the author and margaret atwood because that happens a lot to a lot of us right we we, we create something and we're sitting next to somebody else who's this incredible person saying, hang on, what am I doing on the same platform? We do this a lot. But Kevin, when you're talking about your, uh, comparing yourself to Mark Cuban, but we've also, one of the things that we don't do enough of is praise ourselves and brag about ourselves. The way we respect people is when we act respectfully, people respect us. When we do behaviors that earn people's respect, then we can get respect that way. The other aspect of that is people, we respect people based on their accomplishments, based on their, their knowledge, based on status, based on titles. We respect a lot of other aspects of people other than just their behaviors. And sometimes if, uh, if we hide all of our accomplishments, then it, it, it robs others of the opportunity to not only show us respect, but feel, you know, feel there's a level of respect. So by you having certifications, by you having, you know, various, you know, degrees or whatever it is you've got, it allows people to 
have this automatic level of respect for you, even before they get to know you. Right. So those things are really important. So the, to put those out isn't a bragging situation. It's not an arrogant situation. It's really more of an opportunity for people to get to know us in different ways than, than they would know us if we're just having a conversation. Cause in conversation, certainly you're not going to put your chest down and go, and I've got a PhD. Hey, right. I mean, no, we don't, people don't do that, but if you had a P and I'm not saying you have one, I don't even know, but if you had a PhD, you know, a doctorate uh, certificate in the background, you know, people automatically say, okay, well, that's, I can respect that. Right. So there's value in putting our accomplishments out there and yeah, just letting I, it be. Thanks. I, mean, I know you got to run, but okay, I'm going to run. So you're not getting, no, sorry, you're not getting away without doing this breakout with me in front of everybody else. So can you do me a favor and share with me your latest accomplishment or one that you're really proud of? Kevin, did you hear me? Oh, is that a question for me? That was a question for you. You're not getting away. See, he just ignored that. He deflected that question. Everybody else got it. Yeah, exactly. Before you leave, can you share with me your biggest, your latest accomplishment that you're really proud of? Wow. Um, so uh, I'd say that that putting together that respect program was uh, a huge accomplishment. I spent countless hours putting it together and then delivering it. And, uh, and then to have the client love it and want to do some more follow-up work on it is, uh, was felt really good. Good. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. I acknowledge you for sharing that with me. And what I got out of that is I hear that you delivered a program that changed and helped people transform. Yeah. How does that land for you when you hear that? Uh, that is my passion. So it speaks right to that. So we're going to put everybody else in a breakout room. So Kevin, uh, you, you won't get to see the other part of this, but I'll fill you in. Okay. I'll watch the recording. All right. Thanks to you, everybody. I'll, I'll see you. I got to drop off. Got to run. So I'm going to put everybody in a breakout room. And this is going to be two or three of you. And you're going to say the same thing. You're going to go ahead and share your latest accomplishment. And the other person is actually going to acknowledge that accomplishment. And then you're going to switch. How does that feel? Who's uncomfortable? Good. We don't do this enough. I know we've done an appreciation exercise before. We don't probe and prompt people to share and get, get a pat on the back. And because that's that we don't want to live life with imposter syndrome. That's, that's just, everybody has it. It shows up in every aspect of our lives, but this is the easiest way of overcoming the situation. Um, and as a leader, I think you really need to do that for not only yourself, but your staff when you see that and not only do it individually, but recognize them in front of, you know, your teammates and your colleagues, because it validates not only you, but it validates what you do and you understand and know what you're doing is correct. Yeah. Thanks, Trudy. That's, that's a really important. It's the acknowledgement to your team that really empowers them. And at the end of the day. We also need that as well. And it transforms our lives. Like the law of receiving, like receiving the good that comes our way transforms lives. I mean, some of you know my story where I had a stutter for 35 years. And imagine me trying to speak with you with a stutter or being on a keynote in front of a stage with a stutter. I had 
doctors, psychologists, psychiatrists helped me through that for many years because I knew I wasn't born with it. He was sitting at Bob Berg's session in Orlando, I think about eight, nine years ago. And he asked me to stand up and he did this appreciation exercise. And he just said, you got to listen to the words I'm saying to you. Like, you got to listen to these things. And he basically appreciated me, his partner, Kathy, and then four, five, six other people did. And I had the sense of lightness come through me. That night, I took a flight back home. I spoke to the passenger next to me without a stutter for the first time in 35 years. Just because I listened to words. Because I thought I wasn't good enough for all these years. So please do me a favor. Just listen to the words that come your way. It changes lives. Mm-hmm. And another thing you can do today is reach out to somebody and acknowledge them. Reach out to somebody and ask them what their biggest accomplishment is. And that's a wrap. Thank you very much. We'll see you all next Thursday. Enjoy your week. Thank you for listening to the Awareness Advantage podcast brought to you weekly by the leadership team at Blind Spots Global a multinational, multicultural leadership development organization specializing in transforming managers who are good at getting stuff done into great leaders who can influence and inspire others to achieve their best. If you have not yet subscribed, please do so now so you will never miss an episode. If you would like to join our live virtual studio audience and participate in the conversations, visit us at blindspots.vip forward slash audience. That's blindspots.vip forward slash audience. We hope to see you there.